And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about them Cowboys indeed? All right, we got a little rookie camp and schedule talk on the docket for you today with the About Them Cowboys podcast. We're back after a, a little break with some uh, draft uh, post review for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that, but we are back to. Uh, Give our predictions. Little schedule talk, maybe some bet payoff talk will happen. But um, there's only a few people that were allowed in the star for Cowboys Rookie Minicamp with all the uh, restrictions going on. One of the few was Father John Mishota. He's here in the house tonight with some rookie camp observations. What do these guys look like on the field? We'll talk about all that as well. So welcome in the About Them Cowboys podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Kent Garrison here. Running things behind the scenes and welcoming in the best panel that I can think of when it comes to talking all things Dallas Cowboys. It's Kevin KT Turner from the Eagle and from the Athletic slash the Ticket, Saad Yusuf. And uh, Saad's off stars duty for a while, so full-time Cowboys, Saad. I'm signing you up right now. Oh, I'm already on, so don't worry about that. Let's do it. Love it. Hey, KT. It's good to have you, Saad, and... And John, I, I, I want to point our audience to your article that you put up. It's got a bunch of observations and takeaways, obviously, from Cowboys Rookie Minicamp. Um, and I, I think we'll make the audience work a little bit and make sure they go read it, too. I don't think we'll cover all of these. Um, like, for instance, the first one, um, hey, if Dak's there and everyone's saying Dak feels good, that's great, right? Good news. Feels like everything's on track there. No no weird you know, uh, third-party rumors. About his uh, ankle not working? Think everything's 100% there or will be 100% by the time we get going? That's what Mike McCarthy's saying right now. And oh, I, I mean, we've seen him. We've seen him, uh, you know, walking around. We've seen him at the start and things like that. And then obviously you've seen the videos that he's posted online and other people have posted online. I mean, you can tell he's moving around well. It's not like he's got a limp or anything like that. The issue is that you really don't want to put him in a situation right now where, you know, an offensive lineman could roll into his ankle or let's say a defensive lineman, even when they don't have pads on, you know, somebody can slip and fall and then have something happen there. So you're not going to see Dak in any of these OTAs or mini camp doing any, anything like that. You're going to see him probably do individual drills and maybe some seven on seven. And that's going to be basically about it until the start of training camp. But yeah, Mike McCarthy said that from everything he's seen so far, there's no reason for him not to expect Dak to be a full go when training camp starts. And so uh, that's big news because, you know, it wasn't like he just had an ankle injury. Just the significance of how bad that ankle injury was. Obviously, anything where you have a compound fracture like that's never good. And so, uh, you know, everybody knew he was going to work hard and he was going to put in the time. But, you know, Sean Lee worked hard and put in the time too. It, your body still has to respond to it. And so it appears that his his body is responding to it. And that's, that's a great sign for the Cowboys because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, this team's only going to go as far as Dak can take them. Uh, obviously, you're going to need help from other you know players and things like that. But 
you know, there's a lot of talk about who their backup quarterback's going to be. And, and at the end of the day, to me, it really doesn't matter that much. I mean, this team isn't trying to slowly progress and bring along young players to maybe be good in two or three years. It's about winning now. And the only way you're winning now is with Dak Prescott at quarterback. And, you know, it's funny that you bring up the backup quarterback. I, I know this is a little off topic, but I do think it's interesting. We talk so much about backup quarterback. Do you almost like I almost think that if you have a team that's so dependent on the starting quarterback, which the Cowboys obviously are offensively driven. They're depending dependent on their starting quarterback. I feel like it's almost better if you don't have a great backup quarterback because if you're not going anywhere, then hey, Andy Dalton's not winning you a couple of those late games. You don't have to like, you know, tank or anything like that. And those conversations don't have to happen. Um, and and you know, you get a few uh, uh, like better draft slots or whatever organically. But um, it's almost like if you have a good backup quarterback it kind of leaves you in the middle in the middle of nowhere, kind of where the Cowboys were last year. You know, like if it happens in week five, you're going, hey, I, I can still fight for it. If that injury happens in week 10, I think we're all probably throwing in the towel. Right. Although depending, if, you, if that happens in week 10, though, maybe you won some games. Right. Uh, it's a fun argument. The only one that I've personally seen uh, uh, off the top of my head is Matt Flynn. One of the years Rodgers went out, and it was just enough for them to make the playoffs. Um, I think back to the year Brady got hurt. It was Castle, and that didn't work out well for them. So, like, yeah, in general, it's probably not going to work out well, right? So, I'm kind of with you. I might just like, you know, I don't know if like Garrett Gilbert is he, is Garrett Gilbert even still on the roster? I shouldn't be asking yeah. that question. I should <laughs> no, know he's, that. Yeah, he's the favorite right now to be the backup. I mean, their ESPN I mean, reported that. They're going to bring in Brent Hundley for a workout, but they brought in Jeff Driscoll for a workout too. I mean, there's just not a lot of great options out there that are that are free agents. You know, I mean, Robert Griffin, you know, I mean, there just isn't a lot. Blake Bortles got picked up. I mean, there's just not a lot of great options there. That doesn't mean there won't be any if, if some teams make some cuts. Maybe it's closer to the regular season. But, you know, I got a 53-man roster projection coming out this week, and I only have two quarterbacks on the team because I just don't know. There's just too many other positions that they need to fill uh, with better depth than to be worrying about your backup quarterback and keeping a third yeah. like a Ben DiNucci. You just can't. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to be doing that on this team. So uh, likely only two quarterbacks on the roster. And as if, you know, if the season started today, that's Dak and Garrett Gilbert. I'd be OK with that. Uh, well, what would you say your takeaway would be at the linebacker position? I'm specifically talking about our first round pick, Micah Parsons. And then our fourth round pick, which I think we were all pretty excited to get at 115 and Jabril Cox. What, what have you seen from them? I know we can't tell a whole lot from these practices and things like that, but uh, what would you say about those guys? Yeah, I mean, Micah Parsons looked up, looks the part. I mean, he looks to be, you know, a big physical linebacker, but this is just doing individual drills and very little teamwork. I mean, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of teamwork, you know. So no pads on, but, you know, helmets, shorts, and things like that. And, you know, you can tell they're going to move him around. I mean, he's already said that he anticipates being in the box on first and second down and then being used in a variety of ways to get downhill and get after the passer on third downs. And so to me, just off of watching rookie minicamp, even though you're just trying to simulate what it's going to be like for OTAs, minicamp and, and training camp, I just, for me, linebacker is going to be the most interesting position group to watch just because of how they mix those guys in. Because, and again, it was only rookie minicamp, but like, I think Jabril Cox is going to be a factor. Like, I think he's getting on the field as a rookie. I don't think that Jabril Cox is going to be like a, well, you know, he's going to feel like maybe that Francis Bernard, Luke Gifford role where maybe they use him a little on special teams. Now I, with the way that, it seems like Dan Quinn wants to play and the way Francis Bernard, I mean, sorry, the way that Jabril Cox fits as a pass defender, the way he can line up on tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. He had an interception 
during those team drills on a tip ball. He, he certainly looks like he has the hands to make plays on the ball. And that's Ben McCarthy's number one thing since he's got here. That's what he cares the most about on defense is them taking the ball away. So you got to factor him in too. And then here's the other one. Like we haven't even seen anything out of Jabril Cox. I mean, out of, sorry, I'm getting all these names mixed up out of Keanu Neal. Like wait till he gets on the field. Like, you know, this is going to be the guy that comes over. That's played in Dan Quinn's defense. You think he's going to be a standing on the sidelines. They're going to work him in there. And then, so, you know, if, if Leighton Vander Esch is healthy, he's going to get out there. So where does that leave Jalen Smith? You know, Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith were two guys that, you know, a year ago, two years ago, we're, we're really never supposed to leave the field. And now you're kind of like, well, they're going to be leaving the field because Micah Parsons isn't leaving the field now. So, and there's better competition at the position. I mean, that's another spot where it's like, they look real solid one through five at linebacker, maybe even one through six. And so, um, even though only Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons were on the field from rookie minicamp, that was the group that stood out to me. That was like that. This is going to be fascinating to watch because you have your third defensive coordinator in three years now. So there's going to be adjustments there. You want to see if Dan Quinn is really going to bring Micah Parsons on blitzes because we haven't seen that from the Cowboys with their linebackers. And, you know, Bob Sturm has a great piece up today about Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn wasn't rushing many linebackers in, in Atlanta. So it's kind of like one of those things like they, they have talked a good game, but we deserve the right to be skeptical because they talked a good game last year at this time. And it didn't prove to be, you know, what we what we were expecting, you know, and obviously COVID was a factor in that. But let's see it now. You know, let's let's see. Let's see what they do on the field. And so. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, I mean, I feel like we know what this offense is going to be. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things on defense that, I mean, are just question marks at this point. I have no reason whatsoever to believe that Mike McCarthy wants to tell us anything. So, <laughs> I mean, again, I, I know um, I'm uh, one of the McCarthy skeptics out there. So like, I want to be like careful with my words or whatever, but like, he doesn't have any interest in giving the media anything, and that's that's fine. You can try to figure that out. We'll know after a few weeks, kind of what their what their plans are, how they're going to implement these guys. It is interesting. I do think Dan Quinn. I think is more of a straight shooter. I think I think Dan Quinn kind of tell you what's on his mind. He's not giving away specific strategies uh, too often, but I think he'll actually you know give you some things, and we'll be able to to pick out a few things through that. Uh, the thing that's always interesting. There was so much talk about Jalen rushing, and you kind of hit on some of this. And Jalen had even made comments like, you know, in the past, um, just like, oh, yeah, I played defensive end. I could do it, you know, that type of thing. And then he had those early complaints last year about the scheme. And obviously there was tons of miscommunication going on defensively last year. But it's like almost – it's almost like – it's kind of interesting to me that they might like implement Micah Parsons as a rusher a lot. And I just wonder if Jalen's sitting there going, well, man, I, I want to do that. I can do that. Or maybe they do mix it up and let them both do, do that type of thing. But – I mean, Micah Parsons would clearly be a more effective rusher than Jalen Smith would be at this point. He will. I'm I'm just wondering about if you're going to have him out there for all three downs, you know, how is he going to be in pass coverage? I feel like there's going to be some times where he has to drop back. And there just wasn't a lot of – you didn't see much of that at Penn State. And you had Jabril Cox. That's obviously his strength. Uh, Leighton can do that. You don't really want to see Jalen in that sense. So – uh, obviously Keanu Neal can do that. He was, you know, playing strong safety and now he's going to be playing weak side linebacker. So they have other guys that can do it. I'm just interested to see how they mix and match Micah Parsons. I was, I was kind of interested that they already started him out at middle because of just the fact that you have Jalen, you have Layton who have both played in the middle and the middle linebacker is the one that calls the defense. So that's putting a lot on a guy's plate. You know, there's just a lot that it, a lot of people will talk about, um, from last year, uh, with, uh, Oh man, I'm blanking on his name now. Kid from Clemson that got drafted by the Cardinals. Uh, Isaiah, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. 
yeah, that there was a lot of talk coming out of Arizona that the reason he didn't have this amazing instant impact uh, and and why it might have even have hurt Jeremiah Wusukaramoa is because they put too much on his plate right off the bat. And so maybe that's just the Cardinals making excuses because he didn't have this big impact that everyone was expecting, but it certainly seems like they're going to be putting a lot on Micah Parsons' plate. So uh, is that going to be too much? We'll find out. But it seems like you take a guy at 12 like that at a position in need because you're using you want to use him in a variety of ways. And so everything they're saying now says that. Now we got to see it. Yeah, and also I was interested to see that Micah himself was, you know, he talked about playing Mike and, and how he did that in college. I just think, you know, for him to be at rookie minicamp, talk about like, you know, what he did, what he did in college, it's going to be a whole different game when it's, when it's NFL talent when in the regular season, those kind of things. Like he's talking about going sideline to sideline, playing in the box, matching up on running backs. Like, man, these running backs aren't those – you know, the, the old school running backs, like these guys are the Christian McCaffrey types that like, you know, that can do a lot more. And if Micah Parsons can match up with them, that's, that's fine. But it's like you said, it's reason to be skeptical for how the Cowboys have treated this, but also the fact that like for a lot of these guys, like a lot of these players, they're just projecting their college career to the NFL. And that thing can hit you like a ton of bricks. Um, sometimes when you come to the big leagues. Yeah, and I mean, this is obviously looking too far ahead, but when you talk about those running backs like Christian McCaffrey, and and, and obviously Saquon Barkley's coming back right. off of injury, but that's the one that you automatically look to. I mean, obviously both being Penn State guys, like two games a year, two division rivals, like all eyes are going to be on those two guys when they play. How about Miles Sanders as well for Philadelphia? You know, um, you know and the thing I, I would kind of throw out there too about all of this is like when you look at how often they, they've signed, they do a lot of what we call like band-aid signings or whatever and, or comfort signings, even if you want to say that. And that's what Keanu Neal was to me, a comfort signing. And you could maybe say the same thing about DeMonte Kazee. Although I think Kazee maybe gives you a little more. It's like a, it's like a safety upside. plan. You know, it's like a, if all else fails, at least we got this, you know, that's, what that's a safety like. plan. Yeah. If we can't get a cornerback at, you know, 10 and we end up having to go linebacker right. or, or something like that. I'm not saying they could, you know, draw that out from the day they drafted Keanu Neal, and especially knowing how late this front office sometimes prepares for the draft. And when I say front office, I mean the, the head guys in charge, not Will McClay and his team. Um, it, it, like, there's something about going, I'm okay if it, if this guy plays, but he doesn't have to play. And if we don't see a lot of Keanu Neal because Jalen Smith is playing well and maybe that type of role, then I think that's a very good development. That's a very good thing. And maybe you don't have to cut Jalen Smith after next year. I know that's crazy, and a lot of people are going to go, what? Of course you're cutting. What if he has a good year? I mean, he could have a decent year if you put him in a role where he's not asked to make every play, and he's not asked to track every ball carrier down. Like That that changes the way you look at everything, and that's kind of how you build the defense. And speaking of that, what that entire point you just made, that holds true for sure on the defensive line too because – you sign one-year deals that are very low, like a little over a million dollars with Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins. But then you go in the draft and you're taking Golston, Odigizua, you're taking Bohanna. Like, and these are all guys that the Cowboys really like. And so all of a sudden, then you mix in there with Terrell Basham and Bradley Anai, Dorrance Armstrong, Randy Gregory, uh, Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, Demarcus Lawrence. They're not keeping 15 defensive linemen. You know, they're probably, I mean, the last two years, they've kept exactly 10 on that initial 53. And I think two years, or yeah, two, 2018, wait, it was 20, 2018, I think they kept nine. So it's going to be right around there, maybe 11 at the most that you're going to keep. 
So if you keep 11 and you keep an Odigizua and you're keeping Golston because those are your third round picks, and then you're keeping Bohanna because he's clearly the size guy that the other guys aren't, and you're keeping Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore, like you're not keeping both Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins then. And at one, one year, $1 million, those are the type of guys that you could see them potentially cutting. So yeah, though that's another position group that will be really interesting to see just not only how they're playing, because you know how these OTAs and training camp are going to be. It's, you know, you're not gonna be able to take a ton away. It's going to be a lot of, you know, walkthrough type stuff, but you are going to be able to take away from where these guys are lined up and who's on the field and who's not. And so that's the other position for sure that after the draft, I think things have changed a little bit on the D line too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk a little bit, if you don't mind, get to see Quentin Bohanna because he's an interesting guy. He's their six-round pick from Kentucky. And obviously, he's very easy to notice because uh, he's a big old boy. Uh, just what do you what did you see from him? I mean, I know, again, it's tough because it's not like you're seeing a ton of stuff. But, like, hey, he's one of the guys, if you're looking on the field, you'd go, oh, he stands out. Yeah, he doesn't play a position for my egotistical self. It's just a very thankless job he does. I mean, he's basically, uh, it's like offensive lineman. Like they, the stuff they do just gets so like glossed over. You take it for granted, but like, yeah, you can just tell he's going to be this big body in the middle. That's going to be eating up blocks. So, you know, defenders can run three, run free, like Micah Parsons and Jalen and Leighton and Keanu Neal and Jabril Cox. I mean, those are going to be the guys. I mean, he's going to love, uh, you know, or those guys are going to love him because that, that's going to be his job. It's not going to be getting many sacks. It's very thankless. It's very like Antoine Woods, but he's just a bigger guy than Antoine Woods. And so uh, that's the thing. Like he's going to go in there and he's going to plug things up and he's going to help fix, or at least that's the plan is to help fix what was a really bad run defense so that these these offensive linemen are getting to the second level so easy that they have this big body that they have to wor- worry about. And that's going to help the other defensive linemen too, um, because it's going to take more than one guy to just block him because he's such a, a, you know, a large human being. So he looked like he nicked his shoulder a little bit early on uh, in, in team drills. And so he came out for a few plays and Dan Quinn jumped right in playing the one tech. So that was interesting to see, but, uh, Bohanna got right back out there and, uh, he was fine. He said after he was fine too, but it was just, uh, it was interesting to see how different Dan Quinn is, uh, because he's just so hands-on, you know, that's the thing. Like you just really get the impression that Dan Quinn's like, this defense is just all on him. Like Mike McCarthy ain't going to be stepping in there very much and getting in his way. It's this, this defense is going to be on Dan Quinn. And frankly, if everything works out and they bounce back and, and have a really good year, maybe it's going to take two years, but like, I, I won't be surprised if he doesn't get head coaching offers in the future. If this thing turns around, because if you turn around this bad defense with the Dallas Cowboys and you're as hands-on as you are, and as KT already pointed out how well-spoken he is, I mean, he speaks certainly like a well-seasoned coach. There's just going to be a lot about him that I already just see it on Twitter, like how Cowboys fans are gravitating towards him and he will be the face of the turnaround. He will be getting all the glory. Like if they are able to turn this defense around, and they're able to be middle of the pack, and they win some games because of the defense, and they're not just getting destroyed every weekend. He's going to get so much credit for that. And when when that happens with the Dallas Cowboys, it's bigger than it is with most teams. Yeah, and also like on Bohanna, I just want to say like I'm not. I want to be careful in this comparison because Vince Wilfork was a first round pick. Bohanna is obviously a sixth round. But when you talk about the size and the impact, like when you think back to that Patriots dynasty that was like squared on the defense in the early part of the century, and like Teddy Bruschi, Roman Pfeiffer. Willie McGinnis and like how much those linebackers benefited from that big body of Vince Wolfork being in the middle like that's the kind of impact that you hope that kind of body and that kind of skill can turn into 
because those were good players in their own right. Teddy Bruschi was a good player, but he had that. You have that big plug in the middle, and that just helps a lot. So if you you know if, if he can play that role, it definitely helps the linebackers out a lot. Yeah, you're really hoping that he, what he's he's trying to do is stuff the run and cause problems on first and second down because on third down and they're and they're rushing, he's not going to be out there. That's when they're going to be moving edge guys inside, things like that. Like even like a Golston who's going to play on the outside most of the time, he'll have to get some work at three technique because that's what the Cowboys have liked to do in the past, and I think Dan Quinn will be the same way where he'll be trying to get you know four pass rushers out there and then you mix in Micah Parsons too so that you know the offense doesn't really know where all the pressure is coming from mixing that stuff up I mean that's what's going to be huge there so if he can stop the run and and make job make the job easier on Micah Parsons the other linebackers on first and second down he's done his job and that's what the job is for a guy that falls to the sixth round if you're taking a if you're taking a guy like a like a Christian Barrymore in, in the first or second round you're doing that because you want him on the field all three downs you know I don't think that they're expecting Bohanna to do that was a uh, boss man fat out there? Yeah. Boss what what about these, uh, these, these long corners, John? Yeah. Boss man, fat, boss man fat doesn't really stand out as, as a long corner. He, I mean, he's a good size corner, you know, he's over six foot and that, but nation Wright certainly does. You can, you can tell yeah. there he has, he has the length and, um, you know, it's kind of, this isn't probably isn't a big deal to a lot of people, but I thought it was interesting that they pretty much had those two guys staying at their one spot. You know, when they did go to, into the team drills, Calvin Joseph stayed at left corner, Nation Wright sta- stayed at right. And so it's one of those things where that doesn't mean they're necessarily only going to play those positions, but it makes you kind of think I could see them being similar to the way it's been in the past here where, you know, Cheeto just stayed on his one side, Byron Jones just stayed on his one side, not really as much traveling, you know. What I do like, though, is that I like you to be able to be a little bit multiple so that let's say 13, 14 games out of the year, you don't travel. And then against certain teams, you kind of mix it up. And then all of a sudden you are traveling because you are facing a, a, a key guy that you're like, no, 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 for this week, let's do this. Cause they're thinking that we're only going to go this way. Let's match our guy up and that. And I do think Trayvon Diggs and Calvin Joseph are versatile enough to be able to do that. But you know, it's all about, I mean, they're both young corners. It's all about what they can handle. And they're not going to put too much on their plate. Um, but yeah, Wright definitely stood out. His size, you can you can tell for sure. Uh, but Joseph has good size too. But he, he just he isn't that, you know, six four, you know, thirty whatever two thirty three inch arms. Yeah. Like, like Wright is. So you know, it's interesting. Over the past few years, the the traveling cornerback has kind of become a little bit obsolete. It still happens, like you were mentioning, from a matchup standpoint or here and there. It almost feels like teams sometimes save that type of move for the playoffs or key, you know, divisional games late in the year. Just kind of out of nowhere, we're going to start moving a guy. But like really Patrick Peterson, you know, was the only one really over the last five to ten years who was like constantly traveling. Uh, You'd see it occasionally with Jalen Ramsey, occasionally with Josh Norman, but not often. Um, And that's kind of the, the Dan Quinn defense that we've talked about. We always think of the Seattle defense. You know, his guy stayed and played a side, and they took that side away. And that's the goal of his defense is basically take that part of the field away, and then we'll worry about the other part of the field. So, yeah, I think it'd be it'd be rare. But I do like the idea of mixing and matching every now and then because they shone right. Well, I still don't see – you know, it doesn't matter. But, like, you know, I, I did think it was a very rich of them to take that pick. But, like, it'd be nice if he could do a little more for you. He's linked. He's going to play outside. Well, does that mean Trevon Dix can play inside every now and then? Or maybe Kelvin Joseph can play inside every now and then? That would be great. 
Mm. Uh, if you want to use Nation Wright some, and you know who knows, look, Anthony Brown is going to be on the team most likely. Uh, Jordan Lewis will be on the team after they sign that contract. Another safety signing, uh, not safety position signing, of course, but a safe uh, safe band aid signing. It would be nice if like Nation Wright gives them that ability to go. You know what? We want him on the field. We think he's had a good week of practice. We think he's he uh, fits this matchup better. So Anthony Brown, you're going to come off the field this week. And a lot of times, or maybe, maybe we'll have digs in the slot some. Like, little things like that every once in a while would be great. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. If that's the case, then I need a, I need a healthy DeMonte KZ because I, I need a veteran somewhere in that group on that back end. And yeah. I don't look at – I mean, Trayvon Diggs, yeah, he played a lot as a rookie, but, I mean, he still has room to grow. Calvin Joseph's obviously a rookie. Nation Wright would be a rookie. Like, if you're starting uh, Mukuamu back there, if he's playing back there, you know, the – you Donovan Wilson's only really he doesn't have that you know vast experience either, so I I I think Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown are going to play quite a bit, and so if everybody stays healthy, which we know is not going to happen, I mean it just that's the way the league is. If everyone stays healthy, I think most of your nickel and dime it's going to be the, it's going to be Calvin Joseph and, and Trayvon Diggs and and Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. I think that's what you're going to see there. And if Nation Wright wants to go out and have a, a tremendous camp and he's picking off passes and then he plays well in the preseason and he forces his way on the field, well, hey, that's a great problem to have. But I want some, I want some veterans to mix in with my young guys on the back end. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting, though, as a defense, because we just talked about the secondary. We talked about the linebacking core before this. That's a lot of young talent that's going to be on the field. I mean, we talked about Cox and Parsons and now all these corners and the safety and stuff like I mean, it's just going to be a lot of youth. So it's interesting because last year wasn't necessarily that. It was really mostly just Trayvon Diggs, right? And and then other guys, but those guys weren't good at football. So um, now yeah. it's like you might have a lot of young talent, but they're probably better at football. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that blend changes the defense because it's going to have to change a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. John, is there anything else you want to hit from out there before we move on to the schedule? Not really. I mean, it was pretty basic stuff, a lot of individual drills. You can you can tell rookie minicamp has turned into really all it is is to kind of get the guys somewhat caught up and so that they're on not just a brand new... I don't know what I'm doing when they start mixing in with, with the veterans this week and, and, and into OTA. So that's really all it is. I mean, even the meetings after the practice are over, they're still done virtually. They're not meeting in the actual meeting rooms yet at the start. Now they've made, uh, you know, some changes now and they're working more towards getting back to normal. But even then, I mean, there's still a lot of virtual stuff going on. So, uh, like I said, when they got into the very little bit of team drills. That was the interesting stuff to see. And to see Nation Wright and Jabril Cox have interceptions, obviously a good sign there. Cause you're not really going to see sacks. You're not really going to see a lot of other things just because of the fact that they're not really playing with pads. And then the other thing is that your quarterbacks are JT Barrett. I mean, he's not exactly a guy that, you know, and then the other thing is it was just so windy in there that it was hard for them to like throw, which makes me wonder if it's going to be like that for their practices. Now that this Dr. Pepper, uh, Keurig building has been finished and, and it's turned the place into like a horseshoe, uh, which has just turned it into kind of like a windstorm inside of there where everyone's hats are blowing off all over the place. So if that's the case during the season, there's gonna be a lot of practices inside. So, so Cowboys. Yeah. There's nothing more Cowboys than that. Right. Okay. Well, let's do uh, this thing that we do every year. Where we go take a look at the schedule, the now 17 game schedule. And uh, we'll just go through, man. We're going to make our May predictions. Now, it's a dangerous thing to do, and we do put out the disclaimer that we could easily look like idiots because it's May. But uh, this is kind of the slow part of the football year, so we got to do it. So I'll start with you, John. I've got it in this order. John, Kent, Sod, and then me. Um, Opening night, we're going to Tampa Bay. We're going to open up the NFL season in style. Dak Prescott's return. Tom Brady defending the trophy. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Going to be probably putting up a banner. Tom's going to be getting another ring. Uh, Thursday night football. Tom's 5-0 against the Cowboys. Decent chance this is the last time he ever faces the Cowboys. It's pretty easy to go with the Bucs here. Kent? Uh, Yeah, same. You know, you give Tom Brady a whole offseason to prepare for one game. Um, I think he's going to be well prepared, even though, you know, it's going to be a new defense for the Cowboys, but I think they'll put enough looks out there in the preseason for him to be, him to be fine. So I'm going Tampa. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're returning, they're returning their entire starting lineup. It's pretty ridiculous yeah. that they're able to do that on they're both sides of the ball. Yeah. They're literally running it back, yeah. like, like full on. So yeah, I'm going to take the bucks and, and Tom Brady generally does a good job in, uh, in season openers uh, in general. Um, it usually tapers off in the month of September, but opening night, he's usually pretty solid. Well, if you look at the last, uh, I'm going back about 10 years. Actually, I have, I have it I have it from 20, 
I probably have 2000 to 2016 pulled up. It's a lot of wins for the defending Super Bowl champs. The myth that you'll hear some people throw out there who want to pick the Cowboys are Super Bowl hangover. No, no, we're not going to follow that. Uh, Tampa Bay, I'll say, in week one. Uh, Week two, though, at the L.A. Chargers. Interesting game. Herbert and the Chargers, talented squad there. Got um, uh, got our guy Rashawn Slater on that offensive line right there at pick 13. Uh, We'll start with uh, Kent this time. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with uh, with LA with uh, with this uh, with uh, with the dub uh, here. So I'm going Cowboys loss. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This was just a gut instinct call. This could go either way. This is probably the the probably the uh, I don't know the riskiest pick on my on my board here in terms of uh, you know hot takes. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go with uh, with LA. I think they've done enough to to juice up that offense. New coach coming in there to juice up the defense. And uh, I'm looking looking forward to that game uh, at 425 on CBS. It's going to be a good one with Romo probably on the call. Let's go, Saad. What do you got here? I think the Cowboys get their first win here because when you look at when you look at the fact they'll play, they're playing Thursday night the week before, they'll have a few extra days. Um, I think you get a good look at what your defense uh, kind of looks like against Tom Brady, so you're able to make some of those adjustments that you feel is uh, are necessary. And also, just going from Tom Brady to Justin Herbert, I think it's a it's it's a little bit of a coming back down to earth. And I think you get your confidence going up against a second year quarterback. And by the way, I think Justin Herbert had a great rookie year, obviously, but I do think that you know you have to give these quarterbacks a couple of years because now teams are going to start figuring Justin Herbert out. You have some tape on him and things like that. So I think you know, as talented as he is, I think the Cowboys do get on the board here. I'm taking Dallas, and I'm taking Dallas because I think this is going to be a home game for the Cowboys. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. there'll be more Cowboys fans than Chargers fans. Uh, John? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it'll be the first time that they're going to have fans in that stadium. It'll be a very pro-Cowboys crowd. And I I, I think Justin Herbert's a, a star, but, I'm, that I mean, okay, cool. So he's going to have a big game. I don't. I mean, today's NFL, I don't think that really matters anymore if you're going against another team that has a good offense. So... Um, as long as Dak Prescott's healthy, I think this offense is going to put up a ton of points. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, but I'm going Cowboys. All right. Let's start with you, Saad, on this one. Week three, uh, we go to AT&T Stadium. This is a Monday night game right here in week three. Cowboys and Eagles. Yeah, I'm def- I-, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys here. It's uh, you know Whether it's Joe Flacco, Jalen Hurts, whatever the case may be, I just don't think either one of those guys is uh, – is dueling with Dak Prescott. I think, I you know, just purely on on quarterback, there's only a few times where you just go mano a mano on quarterback, and just Dak Prescott to me is just such a sizable advantage. So I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys too. I think the Eagles are going to be garbage this year. John? Yeah, I don't see how they're going to be. I just don't see how they're going to compete with the other three teams in the division. I think they've taken a step back. Uh, not that they were great last year, but then they still had glimpses. I'm not completely sold on Nick Sirianni. Uh, I don't know how great that thing's going to end. And I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. So uh, with all of this being said, you know, there's there's no division in football and probably even all of sports that's as unpredictable as the NFC East. And so with all of this being said, I, I, I say this also being that if we sit here, you know, six months from now, 
and the Eagles end up winning the division or something, I won't be like completely floored and like, I can't believe this is happening because I do think the division's still relatively wide open. But if you had to rank the four teams in the division, I think as of right now, it's pretty clear that the Eagles are fourth. So yeah, I'm going with a win here for the Cowboys. I'm going, I'm going with the Cowboys sweeping the Eagles this year. Yeah, but also real quick on the division. Remember last year, it was a two horse race between the Cowboys and Eagles, and like we we like before the season, we wouldn't even talk about the Giants or Washington, and uh, we all kind of saw how that turned out. So I agree. Kent, who you got week three? Eagles, Cowboys. I've got uh, the Cowboys in this one. I like what the Eagles right. did this off season, but I just don't think it's enough. Um, compared to what the Cowboys did this offseason. I think they're going to be juiced Monday night. Uh, give me Dallas. Week four, Panthers, Cowboys, noon, AT&T Stadium. I'll go first this time. I'm actually picking Carolina. A couple things. Oh. Uh, hey, I, I like what Carolina's building. I think there's some uh, really good upside there. And last time the Cowboys played, Sam Darnold, he did not see ghosts. Um, I think a short week for the Cowboys comes into play here as well. So I've got Panthers over the Cowboys in week four and the Cowboys sitting at two and two. Uh, we go to John next. Yeah, I'm going Panthers here. And uh, while I could see everything you say happening, uh, I look at the overall schedule. And usually when I do these things, I look at the whole thing. I come up with kind of a win total, what I think the team is about around. And for the Cowboys to get to the win total that I think they're going to end up with, they got to get some wins somewhere. So this has got to be one of them. <laughs> Good way to look at it. Uh, I'll go next. I I uh, I'm going Cowboys here. Um, it's yeah, they added Sam Darnold, but it, it is Sam Darnold. I do think they're improved. Um, and uh, I think Dallas takes care of business and uh, comes off a short week. Juiced. There we go. Dallas is uh, they're two and two now on my schedule. Yeah, I think for for me, I look at like when I look at the schedule, I, I kind of go with it like John's, but I also look at it. And I'm like, all right, where's like one of those clunkers that the Cowboys are just going to have this season going to come. And where are they going to get dominated by one non-quarterback player? And I think Christian McCaffrey is a prime candidate to have a, just a huge game on this defense. And, uh, and the Cowboys just have a, you know, it's a noon game, short week. It's just, I think this is the one where the Cowboys just kind of have a dud. Okay. So Saad takes him to the, John, you said Cowboys, right? I did. Yeah, three and one for John, and then everyone else has him at two and two. John, week five, Giants. We'll let you start this thing. So this is, I just again, when you look at the beginning of the year, it's just hard for me to pick that. Even though I think the Cowboys are a better team, I just think that they're going to split with the Giants. So whether it's this game or the other game that they play against them, uh, I could see it going either way. But because this one's at home. I know that there's going to be so much hype about, oh, this is Dak's first game since the injury, and it was also against the Giants and all this, but it wasn't a dirty hit. You know, I mean, obviously, those, you know, there's no revenge factor or anything like that with that game. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of talk again about Garrett and all that, but uh, I think the, the Cowboys run a little bit of a winning streak here, and they need to, because if they're going to win double digit games, I just think it's going to get really tough coming up here uh, after the bye. So, yes, win for the Cowboys. Okay, Kent. Same win for the Cowboys. They win three in a row, and uh, that's a that's a good division win for Dallas. Get those three home wins after the first two games on the road. Sod, what about you here? Yep, I got the Cowboys here again, just because uh, I think the Giants offensively just can't keep up. So, 
Same. Got the Cowboys there, and I've got them at you know three and two. Kent and Sod have them at three and two. We go to week six, the final game before the bye. We'll start with you, Kent, at New England, three twenty-five in uh, Foxborough. Yeah, this is kind of uh, my mentality. I, I took uh, same with you, John, on the Carolina game, which is they're going to probably lose a game that they on paper shouldn't lose, and you shouldn't lose on paper to uh, the roster that New England has. But uh, it is a four twenty-five game in New England. It is Bill Belichick, uh, and so. Uh, I think for some reason the Cowboys lay a clunker in this one. I'll give it to New England. Sad? Yep, I'm going with New England as well. I just think Bill Belichick, um, again, one of those things where you put a mano mano matchup and Bill Belichick versus Mike McCarthy, I will respectfully take Bill Belichick. Give me Dak over Cam Newton or whatever New England runs out by a million miles. I'm taking the Cowboys. By a million John. miles, like you think this is going to be like a blowout? Yeah, we'll we'll play this one uh, back when. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see how how far you want to go. Dallas gets blown out. Yeah, Bill Belichick doesn't get blown out very often, but I I think it's a in New England easy win. I think so, it's a fairly easy win for the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, New England to me is not a talented roster. No. And this defense needs to play some offenses that don't have a lot of talent on it. And that New England offense is just lacking weapons all across the board. So I think this is going to be a, a good one. And they'll, uh, they'll hit the bye. And I've got the Cowboys at 4-2 and two headed to the bye. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of New England teams over the years that hindsight tells you that they were really good. This guy was really good. Why was he good? Because he played for the Patriots and they won Super Bowls. New England's been winning games with a lot of guys that you're like, who is this? And why was he why is he doing this with New England and he sucked on this team? Or this guy sucked on this team and then he goes to New England and he's good. You guys so. think uh, Mac Jones will be playing by uh week five? I don't. Mean, yeah, I don't. Of all, the, of all the rookie quarterbacks, he'll be the one that will go the longest without playing, possibly not even playing this entire rookie season. Uh I got the Patriots. All right. New England for John. So John and I have the Cowboys at four and two at the bye. Uh Kent and Side have them at three and three. Week eight at Minnesota. This is a Sunday night game on Halloween side. Kind of creepy. Who do you got? Oh, I, I think uh, the Cowboys will get this one just because if for, I, I think if the Cowboys don't win this one, that is a big cause for concern because uh, when you look at contending teams in the past, whether it's New England, whatever, you usually get your head out of your ass by like, you know, late October. Like I think Bill Belichick or Tom Brady had the famous saying that, you know, the season starts at Halloween or Thanksgiving or something like that, like around this time, late October, November, um, you're coming off a bye week against Minnesota. Like, you better win this game if you're going to make the playoffs and do some damage this year. Okay, so Minis- uh, you say Dallas there. I- I'm going to take Minnesota. Uh, I think that's just such a tough place to play at times. and They're also coming off a bye week as well. So they'll be as refreshed as possible. Um, I, I would take Dak over Kirk Cousins a million times. I just think Justin Jefferson, seeing what he turned into last year, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. So I'll take the Vikings over the Cowboys. I think it'll be close, though, like those games have been the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, Vikings, for sure. Night game, that place will be rocking. That'll be like one of the biggest games that they that they play all season. I'll go Vikings. I long for the day where I can come on here and not play the Too Many Cooks song. Uh, after a Cowboys loss with mashed with Dalvin Cook running over this defense. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's going to be this this time. 
Give me Dallas in this one. Um, All right. With a big win in Minnesota after coming off a loss before the bye uh, in New England. Now we all got them at four and three, which is a familiar place for the Cowboys to be over the years. Um, I now take you to uh, well, it's to AT and T Stadium, um, and it's Denver. Uh, I'll go first this time. Uh, it's the Cowboys. I have no clue. Now you tell me that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in Denver. We might have to uh, talk about this again. Um, but for now, it's Drew Locke, and Drew Locke does nothing but make me excited to play against him. So uh, I'll take the Cowboys over the Broncos easy. Yeah, this is simple for me. I mean, it's it's Cowboys in this game as long as it's not Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rod- they trade like thir- three first-round picks and get Aaron Rodgers, easy pick for me too. Broncos all day. Like if, if you tell me Aaron Rodgers is on that team, I don't care who else is on the team. They're beating the Cowboys. But um, with, with this crew, Drew Locke, I mean, I just, I don't know. I would trade. I would give up. I'd give up four ones for for Aaron Rodgers if I was if I was Denver. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going Cowboys here. Same. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Cowboys. And um, yeah, Denver is is my my favorite AFC team to watch over the years. I, I love I love Denver, but um, they've been very tough tough to watch the past few years. And um, hopefully, they have Aaron Rodgers. You're right. I would do everything in my in my power to uh, to make that happen. But yeah, give me Dallas. Uh, Son. Yeah, give me Dallas here as well. And also, like one thing that we've seen over the last few years is Amari Cooper's splits at home and away. I think Amari Cooper is going to route up Patrick Sertain, and uh, it's going to be it, it's going to be one of those highlights coming out of the week, given all the pre-draft talk and everything. And I think uh, it's not going to be Sertain's fault. I mean, he's just have so many weapons on the Cowboys. But yeah, give me Dallas. So as we go back around the horn, we all have them at five and three. Let's go to John. Atlanta, the Dan Quinn revenge game, the watermelon kick revenge game <laughs> at home, AT&T Stadium, Atlanta on a Sunday. Yeah, I I mean, I'm going to go Cowboys. But if you tell me Julio Jones stays with Atlanta and they somehow like make a run with this team, I wouldn't be that stunned because I think Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback. And with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, and Julio Jones, like that offense could be, it could be pretty nice if things are clicking early on. And they, I don't know, they just lost a lot of close games a year ago. I just don't think that they're necessarily as bad as what their record was. But if you trade Julio Jones, it just what that says to the rest of the organization speaks volumes that you're really not trying to win right now. And it just seems like the writing's on the wall that they're going to try and move him. And if that happens, then I just think Atlanta's probably in a place where they're probably picking top 10 again. And so I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. Uh, Kent. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Atlanta simply because I think they'll have Whoa. they'll have a little uh, little insight on some Dan Quinn, um, <laughs> uh, you know, mentality there, and that that'll help them in this game. Um, Cowboys have had have had trouble with the Falcons over the years, um, in various uh, to various degrees. Um, does anything stand out to you? <laughs> no, nothing does. Nothing does in uh, with Jazz Green. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, they, yeah, this one makes me nervous. This 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 feels like a trap game for Dallas, and so give me uh, give me the, the Falcons at AT and T Stadium at, at noon on a on a Sunday. Boy, that reeks of a wild post game press conference if that happens. 
uh, assuming the Falcons, you know, aren't great. Uh, Saad, who do you got here? Yeah, well, I do agree with Kent that I, this this just smells like a trap game, but I do think the Cowboys avoid uh, a negative result just because the Falcons just aren't that talented and because, um, you know, I, I just think that for them to – for them to be a playoff team, this is the kind of game in November that you have to win. I think if this game is in September, I might lean Falcons, but in November they have to win this one. And I do agree with John. Would not be surprising at all if it was one last ride for Atlanta. If they're able to somehow stay healthy with Jones and Ridley and Kyle Pitts, you know, that, that it, it's not out of the question. Um, Kent, you were up here week 11 you got to go to Arrowhead Stadium. This is what I uh, am calling my Cowboys fan weekend road trip game of the year. Uh, I think this is kind of an obvious one, right? But that's, you can just get up there to Kansas City in probably under 10 hours. I think it's like eight hours to get up there, uh, spend a weekend, have some KC barbecue, and then uh, go check out one of the greatest stadiums in the league. Uh, week 11, who do you got there, Kent? Yeah, this one might seem easy. Uh, to assume it's a loss, but I think it'll be a lot closer than most people think. I'm still giving Kansas City the uh, the win here and, and uh, putting it down for Dallas L. But I do think uh, Dallas will be will be in this game. It'll it'll be closer than most people think in the fourth quarter. So uh, give me Kansas City. Son? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that close. I think uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win this, and I think for a week after this uh, a week after this game. The conversation will be dominated about how the Cowboys are a playoff team but not a championship contender. Uh, Sud, I don't want to like fully agree with you, but what you're saying does kind of ha- – like I could totally see that being reality. Like, oh, good enough to make the playoffs, good enough to win the division, but then what, Jerry? You know, that type of thing? Yeah. I could totally see that. I'm taking the Chiefs. I mean, Pat Mahomes is a god. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, could be fun though. I mean, there's the Cowboys offense. If there's an offense that can keep up with Kansas City, the Cowboys have one of those offenses. So, uh, give me some bad weather too. Let's just really even the playing field here. Give me some bad weather. Let's get wild. But I'm taking Kansas City. John. Yeah, same here. Uh, I think. Oh, he did it. I, I think it'll be a little bit. I think it'll be a little bit closer. Uh, like I think the Cowboys will cover the spread, but uh, I'm not picking them over Kansas City. Kansas City's winning the Super Bowl this year. So through ten, John's got him at six and four. Kent's got him at five and five. Sod has him at six and four, and I have them at six and four. We go to week twelve, and Sod will do the leading leading off here. It is the Raiders. This is Thanksgiving Day, so short week. God knows what happened at Arrowhead Stadium four <laughs> days before, and then you got the Raiders coming in. Now the good news is the Raiders are are coming in from out of town on a short week, so you do have the advantage. Who do you got this week? I think the I, I think the Cowboys will win this one. I think you know there's again a, a assuming and this is where I think picking gets a little iffy as well, just because of where we are in the season and the injury situations and stuff. But I do think a completely healthy Cowboys offense is able to run the Raiders. I agree with you, and you know sometimes if, if I'm not sure what to do, I just go okay, look at the quarterbacks, and I think Dak's a far better quarterback than Derek Carr is, so. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys, a good rebound game. Uh, hopefully a really good halftime show this year. Um, although, you know, you never know about that. So, John, you're up. What's the prediction for the halftime show? We do this every year. We always miss, but. No, no, we don't do this every year. We did it last year, 
and I was really annoyed because it took up like 15 minutes. Oh. <laughs> but okay, let's not. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. And What's throw the your prediction? Guesses. One guess, KT. Oh, can I add it to after to the last five? Can yeah. I add it to we'll do it at the, the MVP end. coach of the year? We'll discussion? The I've got that yeah. written down at the end there. I don't follow con- country music. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. But they don't always do country music. Just you know, every other year. <laughs> and okay. and uh, maybe two or three four years, years in a row. In a row and then, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll do pop. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, John, who you got? Cowboys? I got the Cowboys, and this is a this is a big game because if you're a person that, yeah. again, if you look at the entire schedule the way I do when it first comes out, if you got them making the playoffs, like I do, you got to win this game. If you go back the last, I don't know what it is, whatever, back to, I think, 14, it all comes down to this. If the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving, they go to the playoffs. When they lose on Thanksgiving, they don't go yeah. to the playoffs. So it's kind of weird how it's, it just works that way. But anyway. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys. Uh, okay, Saad? For the Saints? Yeah. No, no, uh, uh, Raiders. Yeah, I, I got... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kent. I'm sorry, I got out of order there. I, I'm going uh, with Cowboys. <laughs> All right, Cowboys. So everyone picks Cowboys there. Then you ha- uh, go next week at New Orleans, um, and we're starting... Oh, it's my turn, right? Um, at New Orleans... Now, the thing that we should keep in mind is New Orleans is also playing on Thanksgiving night as well against Buffalo. So it's not like anyone's got a long week or anything like that um, or a short week in, in that regard. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys at New Orleans and I, there's going to be a there's going to be a New Orleans drop off. Um, maybe it's not completely bought in on Sean Payton's going to save Jameis's football career. Maybe it's that. Uh, give me the Cowboys. Over New Orleans in the biggest win of the year. Well, I'm not picking against Jameis. Um, <laughs> no, Florida man, State at, 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 at night. In, uh, it's a night game, right? I don't have the schedule in front of me. Yes, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's the Thursday night game after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah good luck with that. Place, place can be rocking. Uh, tough road environment. Jameis will do enough to get it done. Okay. Over to Kent. Yeah, hold I'm, up, real I, quick. Like all my Jameis love aside, as a football player, obviously not for his off the field reasons. Um, anybody be really surprised if like Sean Payton came out and drew up some game plan and they beat the Cowboys with Taysom Hill starting at quarterback? Because I wouldn't be that stunned. I don't know about starting at quarterback, but maybe Sean like, Payton always has something for the Cowboys. Yeah, but I think he'll have like a package for him. I don't know if Taysom Hill is going to start at quarterback though. I'm saying I mean, if he did, I still wouldn't be surprised. If yeah. they beat the Cowboys is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, let's just we'll, let's rewind the tape back to what you said about <laughs> Bill Belichick versus Mike McCarthy and just go ahead and just sub in, instead of Bill Belichick's name, Sean Payton. I mean, who are you going to take in, the, in that coaching matchup? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Sean Payton, always. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Kent, you picked uh, New Orleans as well, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, Dallas. Then you go to Washington, week 14. Uh, and we'll start with you. Uh, I think we're back to the top here. Uh, we'll start with you, John. Uh, at Washington, you're going to get Washington again in a couple of weeks. This is a noon game for now on Fox, December 12th. Well, they're coming off of a loss, so I'm going to say win here. Again, it's more of just like, I don't know. It's more of a, I think they're going to split with Washington. So this is earlier in the season by two weeks. So maybe the offensive line is a little bit healthier than it'll be in in, in two weeks. I I just, when the schedule came out, 
you wanted to see Washington early because you want the best chance for your offensive line to be healthy against that pass rush. And fa- facing them here twice this late in the season puts you in a situation where you could be having a Brandon Knight starting potentially or a Ty Niseki or something like that just because injuries happen. So um, I just, unless Washington makes some type of move to get like Deshaun Watson and then everything off the field clears up with Deshaun Watson so he can play. So a lot of ifs here. I just don't see Washington sweeping the Cowboys. So I'll go Cowboys this one. Okay. Uh, Kent? Yeah, I'm the same with you, John, in terms of splitting with Washington, but I think it it goes the opposite. I think Dallas loses at Washington um, and uh, comes back at AT AT&T in a few weeks and and gets it done near Christmas time. But uh, I'm going with Washington in this game. Uh, Saad? Yep, give me Washington as well. Okay. I'm taking Dallas. They'll have a long week. They'll still be tired of fitting a lot of games into a short amount of time, but they will have a long week to get ready for this one after playing on Thursday night. So I'm taking the Cowboys at home. That's three in a row. Uh, now we go to uh, Kent to lead off this one at the New York Giants uh, week 15. Yeah, I think uh, I think Dallas sweeps New York this year. Um, I think they uh, get it done at New York. Give me Dallas. Okay. Uh, Saad. Yeah, give me give me Dallas here as well. I just think you know if they're going to split with Washington, which I which I do think they will, and I am picking them to win the division, that they just have to win this go, this game. Okay, I'm actually taking the Giants on this one. I think they're going to split with the Giants, and I think they're going to be coming off three big wins, and I think that's kind of your your letdown game right there. I got the Giants mm-hmm. in Week 15 here. And John. Yeah, I got them splitting with the Giants. I picked them to beat the Giants at home. I got them losing here. Okay. Uh, starting with you, Saad, we go to week 16, Washington, the day after Christmas, a, a Sunday night game. Yeah, this is going to be, like I said, I think Dallas won- wins in Washington, so I think uh, I think Washington wins here. Yeah, I had a win as well, KT. I have, uh, yeah, Kent's got a Dallas win. Yeah, Saad, you have a Dallas win, right? I have. Sorry, I'm writing this down. I, I I believe here I have the uh, Washington win. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I had you having Washington win last time too. Was I wrong there? You got them splitting, right? Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Okay. I have the Cowboys winning and clinching the division in Week 16, Ooh. the night after Christmas. Uh, John, <laughs> I think I have. What did I have for the other one? <laughs> You had Dallas winning. Yeah, so Washington on this one. Yeah, I just, I, I just feel like, yeah, I just like, I, I didn't even look at home road. I just know they're splitting, <laughs> yeah, no. splitting against oh, Washington. Right. Week seven, or, I'm sorry, yeah, week seventeen got stupid that there's eighteen weeks. Week seventeen, Sunday, January second, Cowboys Cardinals. I've got the Cowboys winning this game, trying to trying to get some home field, you know, trying to really move up in their uh, in their playoff round. I've got them winning their eleventh game of the year right there. Uh, over to John. Yeah, I got the Cowboys winning this one too. Although this this does have a little bit of trap game going on here, depending on how Arizona's season's going. You know, if it's not going well, uh, this could be a game that they overlook, especially because there are just so many division games that they're playing here. And this, you know, they play four of their last five against the division. This is the only one in the, well, sorry. Yeah, four of their last five. And this is the only one in the middle that's not division. I could see them possibly taking easy on this one, but. Uh, so I, I got the Cowboys in there. I just, there's just not a lot of Cowboys. games. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I could see Arizona winning. I mean, I do like the stuff they did in the offseason, uh, but will they still be rolling at this point? So I'm going to go Cowboys. Okay. Uh, Kent? Uh, give me Dallas here as well. Uh, Kyler Murray embarrassed them last year. I don't think that happens this year. Uh, and so give me Dallas at home. Okay. Uh, Sot? I'm with John on the fact that I wish this game was like a mid-November game because I'd love to see just both of these teams at full strength, full motivation, everything. Because honestly, like I know a lot's made of Hop and and Larry Fitzgerald and all those guys, but J.J. Watt there, like that would be very interesting to see how that pans out for Arizona. Um, but because it's late in the season and, and everything, I'm going to take the Cowboys. And on that note, let me just say this, like that home schedule sucks. Like I'm talking about for like fans to go to games, like they're just not playing that many cool teams at home. Sorry. The entire like, I look schedule at, sucks. Except the for road the, schedule is yeah. real road nice. Schedule like if you're, nice. if yeah. you're traveling City, Orleans, and covering yeah. the team and going to the road Nor- cities, New the England, road schedule, yeah. the all, only thing the road schedule is missing is, is you just flip that Thanksgiving game from being here to being in Las Vegas. But other than that, like that road schedule is awesome for traveling. And, and I'm saying, but for a fan to go watch games, but like the home schedule, like, Okay, like what on that home schedule? Are you just like, oh, can't wait to get to that game, Carolina, the late, the late game. Yeah, Carolina. The, I, oh, I oh, the wait. noon game against Carolina. <laughs> like when you're going to catch the uh, Rangers game across the street before it. Wow, that'll be wild. I think that Arizona game's interesting, assuming assuming Kyler's not hurt. They're saying the Rangers yeah, are going to be in Kyler. it in October. That's what you're saying. Uh, hey man, keep an eye out. <laughs> That's the boldest, the boldest take of this entire pod. This is very subtle. Ba- baseball <laughs> is too wild. No, 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 no. The, the, That's not postseason. The their last regular season series is that that first week of October. Is it really? Yeah, it's oh. like one of the only games where they're going to have a they're going to have a home game. John does like, his research. Don't yeah. don't don't underestimate yeah, no. the father John. That's what I've learned. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the entire schedule just like you know I've been looking at other teams producing some other pods here at the Athletic and. Cowboys have a really light schedule. Like when you when you look at it, and I know we're not done here, but just on that point, man, it's. Um, it, it, I know they got some tough away games, but it it could be a lot worse this year for Dallas. Yeah, week eighteen, John. Who do you got? Uh, it's at Philadelphia, by the way. Yeah, week I got the Cowboys uh, sweeping the Eagles. Uh, so uh, where's this get me at now? Am I at ten and seven? That's ten and seven yeah. for you. Okay. That's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. Ten and seven, Kent. Yeah, I have at Philadelphia. I have Dallas winning this one as well, and I believe I have them uh, finishing ten and seven, which I did not plan ahead of time. Uh, I just went down the schedule, and that's what it ended up being. So ten and seven. There. You got you got them winning their last four yeah, games. I do. Yeah. Um, Sod at Philadelphia to end the year. Where where do I have them right now? What's the record right now? Total four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Seventeen and zero. <laughs> No, I, I think this is one that is kind of irrelevant because I do think the division is going to be wrapped up. So, you know, I, I, if I already have them at 10 wins, I'll, I'll give them a loss here. But 10 and 7 or 11 and 6, these new records are going to take some time to like get used to. But um, 10 and 7 or 11 and 6, I, I give them a loss, I give them a win here so I can be a little different. Um, so I'll go 11 and 6. Uh, but honestly, I think this game is going to be irrelevant. I think it's going to be Garrett Gilbert versus uh, versus uh, Jalen. Still Hurt. be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's what I've got. I've got this game not mattering. So I put Philadelphia gonna, on there. So eleven and six. It's going to be Garrett well. Gilbert versus Nick Sirianni. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I'll buy a ticket to that game right well, now. Well, actually, you know what would be the best? 
as if it Danucci. was Danucci round two against Philadelphia. The but redemption this time, game. Hey, but this time he's way better. Like he's got a completely different throwing motion and he no. can actually complete passes and stuff. And it's just like, whoa, what happened in the offseason? This was overhyped game of all he time. He is like a young Romo. Was, was Danucci's, the, the, the Nooch's loose was the most dumb, hyped up thing ever in Cowboys Nation history, maybe. I think people were just bored because they were locked inside during the pandemic. I know. It was like he went out there and just completely like, (laughs) oh, it was good. It was over so fast. (laughs) I don't appreciate John trying to change his throwing motion. You be you, Nooch. You be you, man. Yeah, we'll we'll play the long-term plan with Nooch. I I thought you wanted him to play in the NFL. My bad. Sorry. We got to get to the tiebreakers. I don't care. I hope he does. I hope it's good for everyone. I hope we all get a chance to play in the NFL. Um, I don't want to play in the NFL. is no different than than Cooper Rush I, to me. I Both good guys. I hope it works out. Can well. I play in the NBA instead? Like, I don't want... Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to get no, in trouble. No, no, no. Say something wild right now. Well, I don't particularly want Josh Ball to play in the NFL, but, no. you know... That's fair. You can edit that out, Ken, if you need to. No, or don't worry right, about hey, it. I don't care. Hey, that's so not, I think there's a lot of people listening opinion. that would that understand what you're saying. A lot of people came at me like, hey, can you give a guy a second chance? Like he's had a second chance. Like he's had ninety chances. Uh MVP. We got we got tiebreaker categories, boys. MVP and John, you get to go first on the MVP category. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna be picking Patrick Mahomes oh. as, as the league MVP <laughs> for the next decade, so this is easy. You you took the chalk, you son of a gun. Uh, by He's the amazing. way, rules on the rules on our tiebreaker categories: you can't pick something that someone else has already picked. So, just so you know, uh, Kent, who's your NFL MVP? I'm going to go with maybe an underdog pick here. I, I I hope hope you guys don't have it, but um, with what uh, what happens in the AFC, it's going to be clear. No. I know where you're going. That Josh Allen ah! is the most valuable player on the Buffalo Bills. Still there for you. If Josh <laughs> Allen uh, improves by 10%, he'll be in the MVP conversation. And I think, uh, you know, Buffalo will, will have an, an easy walk to the playoffs this year. And uh, yeah, this is my, maybe a little bit risky would be safer to pick somebody like, uh, you know, Mahomes or, or Aaron Rodgers, but uh, give me Josh Allen for MVP. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might not even play. Sorry. <laughs> If he does, he could go out there and win MVP again. He did it last yeah. year. By the way, yeah, I, I mean, look, I had Josh Allen, like, with no, with nobody, like, even over Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I will go with Aaron Rodgers just because, obviously, wow. he's... Yeah, obviously he has... He, I hope he doesn't play now. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is, you know, I, I think with MVP... One, the talent has to be there, but but also you look at the Packers schedule. There's so much like prime time. Obviously, the NFL thinks that they're that he's still going to be playing in Green Bay and all that stuff. I think he's going to get all the exposure. He's going to be um, on a revenge tour. But um, I I want I wanted Josh Allen, but I will I will settle for Aaron Rodgers happily. Uh, and didn't I thought it was interesting that Denver didn't have any prime time games. So the NFL, you know, obviously thinks a trade's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the Packers' salary cap will tell you real quickly that that trade's not going to happen. Um, I'm taking Josh Allen of the Jaguars. Um, just kidding. Um, <laughs> the bold one. I, I think it's interesting to talk about unhappy quarterbacks. And I, there's a part of me that's tempted to put Dak, but I'm going to scale back on that. 
Russell Wilson has shown how unhappy he is in Seattle. And every year in October, he's an MVP candidate, and then it, it falls apart at the end of the year. I'm going with Russell Wilson, and I think they don't try to tighten the leash on, on him. And I think he keeps control of his offense the entire year. So maybe the last chance he'll get at MVP as he's starting to get older, although Rodgers proved you can go win an MVP when you're old. I'm going Russell Wilson right here. Okay. I was going to go with Dak. Big Sierra fan. Big, big Sierra fan, KT, known. That is back piece. Uh, it says, it says really. one, two steps, so it's obvious. She's always having kids, man, all the time. Mm. Uh, coach of the year. Kent, you get to go first on coach of the year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sean McVay. That's, you know what? I'm out of here. This is rigged. <laughs> Wait it up, playing this. Yeah, uh, give me Sean McVay, uh, a new quarterback, and uh, you know making that making that work. We'll, we'll uh, turn a lot of eyes his way in terms of the committee, and then uh, you know making the playoffs and and making some kind of playoff run. I expect from the Rams, and so give me Sean McVay. Well, I, I was about to like punch Kent through the screen because I thought for the second time he took my guy. But actually, I'm going with the other Sean. Uh, Sean Payton, I think, is going to show that he is uh, a capable coach without Drew Brees, doesn't need uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, um, but I do think the Saints will sneak into the playoffs. And I think Sean Payton, for either reviving Jameis's career or some crazy Taysom Hill packages, whatever the case may be, is going to get a lot of love. I'm taking another Sean and Sean McDonough. No, uh, <laughs> I'll take, um, uh, you know, I, my picks are going to be a little bit out there. Uh, oh, Brandon my- Staley of the Chargers. Oh, I thought you were taking McCarthy. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Chargers getting Derwin James back. Herbert's continued growth. Tried to solidify that offensive line. There's a lot of things to like about the Chargers moving forward. I'm going Brandon Staley, uh, their new uh, coach, who was with the Rams before. Rams are going to the Super Bowl, so I wanted to take Sean McVay. Some other jerk already took him, so I guess I'll just take uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I think the bar's pretty low for them, and if Trey Lance is good, he's going to get a lot of credit for that. So I'll take I'm Kyle surprised. I, th- I, thought, I thought you'd take Belichick. Yeah. I did last year, last and that year. blew up it in my face. Work, yeah. <laughs> so it came down to Shanahan and Dan Campbell, so I won't let Shanahan. Sorry, go on. <laughs> R- rookie of the year. Saad, you get to go first. Ooh, okay. Um, I guess Trey, Trevor Lawrence is too easy. I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with – I, I want to take a chance here. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I think I think to team up with Joe Burrow, um, it, and that is going to be uh, – man, now I'm thinking about my comeback player of the year. But uh, but anyways, I think, I think Jamar Chase is a decent option. I think he'll have a big year. Uh, you know, I, I considered – uh, Micah Parsons, just because I do think he's going to have a chance to pile up a ton of stats. Um, but yeah, I'm but here, here's with, the thing, though. That's 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 what's difficult. There isn't just a rookie of the year, though. It's an offensive rookie year and defense rookie of the year. Yeah, but you know, we kind of scale it back to make it just like one big rookie. Let's of the go. Year. How do we know? Offense. How do we know who the winner offense. is at the end of the year? Offense. We'll pick offense. Want to brag no, right? If you got it, if you got it right, you got it right. We're saying well, for time. For the same time, we're gonna do. We're gonna do one. Yeah, well, I'll say much like Zeke in 2016, Najee Harris, uh, old quarterback uh, in Pittsburgh. That offensive line needs help. They didn't do much to, to address it. 
but Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. I think it's got a chance to be a, a winning team again, and I think he can get a lot of carries as they try to keep Roethlisberger uh, on his feet. Oh, I'm, uh, John. I'm taking the layups when I get him. Give me Trevor Lawrence all day long. Let's go. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence been... and Tim Tebow. That's going to be a Oh, man. They're going to be talking about that thing all year. <laughs> right into the That's playoffs. That's John's comeback pick. Yeah, right into the playoffs. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> John, John's rookie of the year pick, Trevor Lawrence. Come back, Tim Tebow. Uh, mark, mark it du- down. Duvall isn't even ready. <laughs> wow. Uh, Kent. Man, I was going to do Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I thought that was going to fall to me. But, uh, you can have him. You can have him. No, it's uh, who are you going to take? If not Trevor Lawrence, I was gonna, I'll take. I, oh, I'll take Kyle Pitts then. If you want, if you can okay. take Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Let's All right, do I'll that. take Kyle Pitts. Come on, guys, I'm writing this down. <laughs> we can't just be okay. Uh, <laughs> if, if if not, I was going to take Panay Sewell. Uh, that was going to be my pick. Oh, I think it'll be a little solid yes. rookie. If 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 none of these quarterbacks light light anything on fire, it's going to be Panay Sewell for offense. So Kent's taking Panay Sewell. Is that final? Final answer? No, give me Trevor Lawrence if John John <laughs> is taking Kyle Pitts. We're not giving it to an offensive lineman. Take Trevor Lawrence. I'll take Kyle Pitts. It's fine. Yeah. I do think Trevor Lawrence is a really good pick, though, just because of that division. I mean, like Houston, Indianapolis. I mean, Jacksonville just might win the winnable. division. Yeah, Tennessee. Like, I mean, come on. So Very winnable. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. Um, I'll let uh, Kent go first this time. Okay. Uh, also, Urban Meyer, a dark horse for Coach of the Year, where nobody mentioned, uh, could if they're, if they're decent. I feel like he'll, he'll be in the conversation. Um, yeah. uh, uh, com- my, my only issue with that is I don't have him very close to the top when one of the first moves he does is bring in that highly questionable Iowa strength and conditioning coach, and then he does this Tebow thing. Like he could he could lose things pretty quickly. I feel like here. The he's been doing thing, some things that he's, he's been doing some things that are fine and you can gloss over in college. Yeah. But when you're around like adult professional making money, don't really care of like the coach is this, oh my God, it's so and so. Like they're the face of the university. Pro athletes don't care about that. And if you keep doing stupid gimmick things, like that's gonna get old real quick. Watch Tebow make the team. <laughs> be be oh, I think you will. I think that's their goal line pick. I think they're always going to be doing jump passes. Urban Urban Meyer oh, yeah. thinks he's, he's he found something, and Tebow trying to come out of retirement. I promise you, he thinks he thinks he found cool. something. Um, I'm going with comeback player of the year, a guy that was cast away from his organization, um, and has lots of proof. Give me Carson Wentz for uh, for comeback. All right, uh, Saad. Yeah, I'm gonna play the field here. I don't. I, I don't think Jamar Chase is gonna win Rookie of the Year and Joe Burrow wins Comeback Player of the Year. But I feel good about one of those two things happening for the Bengals. So I'm gonna take Joe Burrow for Comeback Player of the Year. I considered Sam Darnold because I do think he's going to prove to be an NFL caliber quarterback. Yeah, but I just don't know why. It's Comeback Player. He never really arrived. But he. Uh, yeah, I guess that. That's fair. That's but a good he's point, only yeah. like, if you go like the Vegas, breakout, if you went to the Vegas, breakout player, breakout player. Yeah, went, sure. <laughs> if you went to the Vegas books, you can get some pretty good odds on Sam Darnold. Um, but I am uh, going to go um, with Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's just going to get the ball a lot. Um, you know, going to recover from the ACL fine. So Saquon Barkley will be my pick. Well, someone on here has to pick Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if he comes anywhere close to playing the way he did in those first four and a half games before the injury, 
they're going to have double digit wins and it's the Cowboys. He's going to get so much attention for it. And then the other thing is just like, I thought of this, I don't know, last, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I went to the Rangers game uh, when they were playing the Angels and Mike Trout came up to bat and like a couple people booed. And I was like, is there anybody like more unbooable than Mike Trout? Like, why would you boo him? But anyway, baseball it made town, me think bro. about, yeah, baseball I got, town. yeah, I know. Um, no, but, uh, I just don't know how you boo Dak Prescott. And so if things are going well for him, I think everyone's on board other than like maybe Eagles and giants and Washington fans. But if he plays, like, I think he's going to play, then he's going to be right in the mix all season long for this reward. All right. And lastly, this is the most highly anticipated category. Every time we do this, Cowboys Thanksgiving halftime show. And, um, you know, we'll let John go last on this one. Um, let's go with Sod here. Oh, God. I don't even know, like, what my options are, Uh-oh. honestly. So, just for uh, last year, it was Kane Brown. The year before that, it was Ellie Golding. The year before that, Megan Trainer. Oh, so oh they, yeah, I remember or, that. Oh, yeah, Thomas Rhett, Thomas Rhett, then Megan Trainer. So, you know, you got a pretty good pop country yeah. uh, back and forth um, the last few years. Hmm. Okay, so has Marin Morris done it? Uh, no, that's a really good pick. Local gal. Yeah. Probably someone Charlotte yeah. Anderson likes. There you go. I'm going to go that's with Marin Morris. There you go. That's a solid pick right there <laughs> by my man's side. Uh, you know, I wish the Cowboys would wise up and have someone like the Black Pumas or something like that. I just don't see that being the thing that the Cowboys would do. Oh, wow. She's uh, literally from Arlington. Yeah, she lives in Arlington. Yeah. Oh, damn. Or was from Arlington. Oh, she lives there. That's crazy. Um, for me, it's going to oh, be... don't pretend like you just... This just came to you. You knew exactly no, no, no. what you were doing. I, I knew she was from DFW. I didn't know she was literally from Arlington. Like, that. I, I didn't know that. Like, Selena Gomez is, like, from Grapevine or something. I thought Marin Morris might be from somewhere in the Metroplex. But, yeah, Marin Morris. Keep keep in mind that these acts over the, the last few years have changed to, like, not as, like, huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, not I, – I guess I wouldn't call them A-listers, I guess. It's almost as if the Cowboys have a budget on this for some reason. Uh, and that's not shots fired at the acts. It's just kind of what it is. Um, so I'm going to go with St. Vincent's a little too weird. I don't think they'll go full rock. I'm going with Olivia Rodrigo, who you saw on Saturday Night Live last week. She's 18. I was uh, say. Her album drops on Friday, and I'm here to tell you guys, the bigger. this album's going to yeah. be awesome. She is incredible. Olivia Rodrigo is my pick. She's greatness, KT. I agree with you there. I'm glad Love, you know yeah. that. People need to it's know. Good songs, man. It's good songwriting and Isn't good voice. Isn't that a driver's license or something like that? That is. is. Like her big hit? That okay. is. Deja Vu. She's a... I, good for you is the song, though. Good for you is a jam. <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm with you, KT. I wish they would They would get a band. Um, I wish... I don't know. Chris Stapleton or somebody would be really good uh, to see, you know, like a country band do it. Uh, I'm going to go with another DFW artist, though. Kind of cross, cross-pollinate the country... Uh, maybe roots a little. No, not country roots. Uh, that would that would be uh, Baron Morris. Um, I'm gonna go with Demi Lovato, guys. Give me Demi Lovato. Ooh, that's a big one. Seen her on the sideline at the Cowboys games. Well, she yeah. she'll probably be in town for Thanksgiving anyway. 
Scott, you know, made a comeback. Give me Demi Lovato. All right, John. <laughs> pressure's on, buddy. You know, Metallica or Creed, Creed getting back together and doing a reunion Close. for it. Close. I'm going to go with Nine Inch Nails. No. Uh, <laughs> give me the baby. Give me the baby. The baby. Ooh. You think you're going to go the baby? They haven't done a rap act in years. I, I think John just put it down. At that. I think John looked at the schedule release video and was like, you know what? There's a change in culture coming. Why wouldn't Boasty do this? Because he's too big for it. I think. Yeah, uh, I think they would. He's they not would go though. after him. Yeah, he is. He he's way too big to do himself without even. Yeah, he is not doing there. anybody that. Like, that's a good way to put it. Can anybody that can sell at that stadium on their own in their own concerts not doing that thing? Why don't you get George Strait? Why don't you get like any of these other act? Like why wouldn't you get uh Billie Eilish? Billie Eilish ain't doing it. Like she'll do halftime of the Super Bowl, right. but she's not doing halftime big at Cowboy Thanksgiving. Fan. She's not doing happy 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 Thanksgiving from Billie Eilish. It's not happening. <laughs> Posty's a huge Cowboys fan, though. No, he, I don't, yeah. I don't just, think he would do it. If you could get one of them. No, he's above Hometown it. discount, he'll baby. Be, don't sl- don't sleep it. on DaBaby. <laughs> I'm st- I can't wait to see how wrong John is. I can't you wait to see how right John is. Give me a dark horse candidate of Dua Lipa, KT. Write that one. Dua Lipa, I think, oh, I think Dua Lipa's too big for she's, it. No she's way. too big. She's I know she's too big, but she's a dark horse candidate. She's amazing. Oh my God. Okay, well then give me Billy Eilish. So who's your then. pick? My pick is is Demi Lovato, but uh, Demi Lovato. But yeah. one A is Dua Lipa. Oh, cool. Give I know they're Beyonce. gonna ask. You don't think they're gonna ask? Give me Justin Timberlake. Then. Yeah. <laughs> give me what? Give me Michael Jackson. I would love Justin Timberlake. <laughs> that, a hologram of him and Tupac right now. I love that. I'll say my uh, wild card pick would be the Black Pumas. Then I would I would die lead, if they did uh, that. Lead guitarist, that. cool. Mine, mine will be the Black Keys. Beach Cowboy fan. I'll put me down for the Black Keys. Black Keys. Dark what Horse that picks band. Are? Right. Hey, uh, give me whatever that band was that uh, Zach Morris and like Kelly Kapowski were in. Uh, Friends Forever. Well, Remember that song? Friends Forever was their song. What was that band name though? Zach the, Attack. The Zach, Zach Attack. Attack. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, it's always about Zach. Give me that. I was thinking wild, wild, sti- wild stallions, but that's a, that's a. Give me Zach attack with the baby. <laughs> Bill and Ted. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we did we another did podcast, guys. We did it. Um, we'll see you next time. Uh, make sure you're checking out everyone's work on the athletic, as always, including John's mini camp observations. Go read that thing, word for word. Subscribe. Subscribe to it for a dollar a month right now. A dollar a month. Wow. You kidding me? A dollar you a month. You kidding me? <laughs> Sound like Jason Garrett. Yeah. You kidding me? I need to go uh, go to Whataburger, you know, maybe you go size it. Look, you've spent $12. You could have had the athletic for a year for that one Whataburger. <laughs> or, you know, you know, don't be uh, don't be so prude with your money right there. Dollar a month and go get the Whataburger. Read the athletic, download the app while you're eating the Whataburger. It just makes sense. It does. It's just just makes sense. Trying to do things logical here. We'll be back when we need to be back. I don't know when that will be, but we will be back. Uh, John's got him going ten and seven. Um, you know, going back to May. Kent ten and seven. Sod and I eleven and six. I think we'd all be happy with that. Maybe you want a little more, but th- th- don't be greedy. Um, so make sure you're following everyone at the Athletic and I'll stop uh, stretching this thing out. 
Love everyone. For our producer, Kent Garrison, for Saad Yusuf, for Father John Michaud, I'm KT, and we'll do this again, uh, you know, when we do it. Bye. Love you. Halftime show to baby. <laughs>